Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scoop's new podcast. You've seen our website, you've read our blogs, and now you can hear our voices. For those of you who are new to the Scoop, we exist to examine the ways the ice cream industry has used different mediums of advertising throughout history to create a product that produces nostalgia, even for the lactose intolerant. The Scoop consists of a team of four ice cream enthusiasts who work together to make blogs, podcasts, and vlogs that educate the public on the power of media marketing. For more information, you can go to our website that's linked in the show notes or email us at thescooptoday at gmail.com. So with that, let's spill the sprinkles. Hey Scoopers, welcome back to the Scoop podcast for our fourth episode. In our last episode, Alyssa walked us through the history of radio and television from their invention to the modern day. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go give it a listen. Today, we will be building on that history she gave us and discussing the ways radio and television can or can't be used by the ice cream industry. So last week, we were discussing the history of film and the impact it has had and can have in the ice cream industry. But this week, we're concerning ourselves with TV and radio. So what I'm wondering is since TV and film are such similar forms of media, is there really any difference between how the ice cream industry can use film and how it can use TV. That's actually exactly what I was wondering when I was doing research for today's episode. I figured we wouldn't have much new stuff to talk about. And it is true that the two media, TV and film, are very alike and therefore can be used in many of the same ways by industries such as the ice cream industry. So last week, you, Kenzie, you were talking about how the ice cream featured in different films has created this legacy, lots of feel-good associations with ice cream. And you talked about how in The Office, Michael says it's never too early for ice cream. So there are a lot of similar uh, associations and examples in television. So in Full House, season five, episode eight, Uncle Jesse uses a triple dip, double fudge whipped cream sundae with a cherry on top to bribe little Michelle to tell him a secret that she's trying to keep. She, that is plenty to convince her to spill the secret and even ask with her mouth full of the ice cream. Is there anything else you wanna know? So apparently, we learn from Full House, ice cream is worth breaking trust. (laughs) In Friends, season three, episode four, the one with the metaphorical tunnel, Rachel and Monica comfort Chandler through relationship troubles with low-fat ice cream because they need ice cream so often to comfort them. They had to switch to low-fat. Rachel even says, we save the real stuff for truly terminal cases. So (laughs) Friends helps us learn that ice cream can heal the wounds of the heart. You were talking last week about product placement how different uh, specific ice cream brands can get their names in people's heads by placing their product in film. And it's exactly the same for TV, so I won't get into that too much. So that's how film and TV are similar and how they can be used. But how can TV be used apart from film? And now we get to that. How can the ice cream industry use television in particular to increase ice cream sales? So for one thing, you can place ads because that's something film does not have is advertisements all through like TV does. So ice cream businesses have been doing that since as early as 1963. That's the earliest one I found. There was this sweet little commercial about a little boy walking to Baskin Robbins and trying all these different flavors. It was very adorable. And so ice cream businesses have been using TV commercials for years and years and are still doing it today. So at this point, social media ads are probably more beneficial than TV ads, but TV ads definitely do not go to waste. So my favorite thing that I found when doing research in how the ice cream industry can use TV 
there's an actual show called The Ice Cream Show that I found. You can watch it on Prime, I think. So it's the journey of Isaac Lappert, who's a third generation ice cream maker. And he goes all around the U.S. tasting and learning about all the best kinds of ice cream, all these different styles all over the country. It's so fun, honestly. It only had one season, but there are 10 episodes. And in those episodes, he goes to Vermont, L.A., Jersey Shore, NYC. He even goes to a farm to learn about how the ice cream ingredients are made. He visits ice cream trucks all over. What was really cool about this is the documentary style that he uses probably wouldn't work for film. It really is specific to television because he goes to so many different places and gets such a good education and gets to talk to all these different people that there just wouldn't be time for in a film. And what I particularly love is that it brings in the culture and history of ice cream. So the show makes you want ice cream, not just for the taste, but for that history and that community and for the discovery of finding these places. So for example, in episode seven, he visits uh, an Italian ice place in Queens and the episode's called Italians Do It Better. And he visits this 70 year old Italian ice shop called the Lemon Ice King of Corona. So it's such a cool place and a cool episode. And this shop may have been the very first Italian ice place in the entire country. So the owner, Mike, even tells uh, Isaac, the host, that people tell him all the time that their dad or granddad used to bring them there. There's so much history. And the people who originally owned it, um, I think they said he said the current owner was born in Sicily and his family has all that heritage that they bring with them to this business. Mm. So this show promotes dozens of specific ice cream shops in all different varieties and styles. He starts with Ben and Jerry's, then he tries vegan ice cream in California and Mexican um, pa paletas, I think is how you would say it, which are these popsicles. The most popular is Sicilian pistachio, which sounds very interesting. <laughs> Um, and of course he goes Italian ice in NYC. So if you could get your store on a show like this, I can't imagine how good that would be for business and really putting your place on the map. So these places sound so fun. The ice cream looks so good. And also this is obviously a fantastic way to promote his own business, Lappert's Ice Cream in California. Well, now I want to watch the show and get some ice cream. I know, right? And that just goes to show how effective this strategy is. They made a show to make us want ice cream and it totally worked. So why don't we have ice cream while we record these episodes? I don't know. That feels like a personal failure on our part. <laughs> <laughs> the TV show definitely works in making us want ice cream, but I'm a little skeptical of radio as a means to advertising for the ice cream industry. So what did you come up with on that front? Yeah, so radio seems to be at a disadvantage when it comes to advertising because there's no visual. You can't see the brightly colored Italian ice being spun into the cup when you're listening to the radio. I was thinking radio probably isn't helpful anymore, but then I realized that this is a podcast. So if radio isn't helpful, <laughs> then what are we even doing here? Exactly. <laughs> so instead of dismissing radio as outdated, I did my research and I found out that radio is actually still a great way to advertise for ice cream. So out of adults, in the age range of like 18 to 34, there are about 71 million people reached by radio each month, with 35 to 49 year olds, 59 million. But for the age range of 50 and older, a whopping 114 million people are reached every month. And you'll never guess what age range eats the most ice cream all over the world. 50 or older! <laughs> exactly. In most countries in the world, 
Sometimes it's kids who eat the most ice cream, but often it's people over the age of 55. So radio actually would not be a bad way at all to advertise, since radio's biggest audience is the same group of people who seem to love ice cream the most. Also, this is just for free. I listened to a Bluebell radio ad, and it was all about bringing back the good old days, making them now. It was all nostalgia, which would make sense if ice cream businesses are gearing their advertising at people in the Gen Z and baby boomer generations. So there you go. TV and radio can be used by our, our industry in a very big way. Thank you all so much for joining us for our fourth episode of the Scoop podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking about video games, so be sure to subscribe to our channel in order to get a notification when our next episode is out. You can also chat with us on our website, linked in the show notes, or email us at thescooptoday at gmail.com. See ya!